Hello, Radek. Hey. Good to see you again in person. Yep. And good to record in person. Mm-hmm. On video. Mm-hmm. And talk about gadgets and uh, dongles and other interesting projects that uh, we've had and we could share in the team here on Nasbury Union. So now let's share and uh, talk about all of these uh, new interesting ideas here on the podcast. Uh, after take number 16, we finally managed to begin this show. So uh, I guess we mostly wanted to talk about some gadgets. Yeah, gadgets, because um, like we've been talking about Nosby Reunion on this show many times. We'll link in the show notes uh, to past episodes. Um, but one of the cool things about our No Office company is that on a tradition, mm-hmm. on each reunion, we get some new gadgets. And previously, these gadgets were like, you know, like have a T-shirt of that, you know, a ballpen or whatever, like mm. typical. No, we yeah. haven't had ballpens. We haven't had a ballpen. Yeah, but thankfully. Yeah, good. Uh, but you know, we have we, we had lots did of. Did we? Do we have a ballpen? Did we have a ballpen? On this reunion. No, on any any reunion. Any reunion. Yes, there were. Oh. We had ballpens too. Lame. Okay. Uh, yeah, everybody has a low moment. So anyway, anyway, the cool thing about this. Yeah. A particular reunion is that we had lots of gadgets that were an initiative yeah. from our team. Like people care so much about meeting in person and sharing the gadgets, is that the gadgets were just cool because they had the ideas for uh, for for these gadgets, and they were just non-standard. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, it would be cool to share them here, um, uh, you know, on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I will start from mine. Yeah. So this is the third company reunion uh, mm-hmm. for which I brought, you know, 20 something, actually 30 something um, gadgets to give away in the company. Um, handmade, kind hand, of. <laughs> handmade, kind of. I, I've been using that as an opportunity to just do something cool with, um, with my hobbies, right? So I've, I've made 3D printed. Uh, gadgets on the last two reunions. Two reunions ago, I made a bottle opener, uh, which was printed from PETG plastic with a coin inserted that actually grabs on the um, on the bottle cap. And I actually have it with me. So if you're viewing it on the video, you can see it. He likes right here. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that was that was kind of a, a cool project and. Getting beer done. <laughs> yeah, it, it says get beer done. You know, get things done. Get beer done. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've I've described this on yeah. like a year ago or something, but uh, I did this because I wanted to play around with um, 3D printing. I've had a pre- printer for a couple of months at that point, and I wanted to play with PETG plastic, and I didn't have any particular reason to use it in my personal projects, so. I was like, okay, let's just buy it for the company and, you know, they'll pay for it and I'll get to play with PETG. Right. I did that, right? <laughs> and then for the last reunion, I also used PETG to um, print a coaster, like a mug or, or beer yeah. coaster. And by the way, my daughters love these coasters. Yeah. They keep on stealing them from me. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I bet. And and I, I, I did that partly because I wanted to play around with some kind of visual effects with 3D printing. So it was printed using very translucent plastic. Yeah. And it was a play on the 
Nosby Teams logo, mm-hmm. um, which has like three sides, and one of the impressions of, of it, you can uh, do it monocolor, but you can do it with like gradients yeah. that are have like different brightnesses to you know symbolize the the depth of the three D N. I did that using just the depth of the plastic, mm-hmm. right? Which if you put it against light you actually make those gradients, even though yeah. it's like one plastic. But because it's translucent, I could play with that. But now um, I have access to the Warsaw hackerspace. And one of the cool things that I've always wanted to play around with was um, working with CNC. Yeah, And I mentioned that some time ago because I, I almost got access to a CNC milling machine. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I milled uh, like one box. And then I lost access to it, and now I have a CNC laser cutter. So yeah. I made these uh, laser cut phone stands. So I'm showing this on camera, but I'll try to describe it. Yeah. So uh, this is made from uh, HDF, uh, which is um, high density fiber. This is a wood-like material. Yeah. Um, this is essentially like wood uh, fibers and glue that's like mixed together and pressed under high pressure to make a material that's very monolithic, uh, yeah. unlike a um, plywood, which is it. Mm. And it's kind of hard to describe with words. So, uh, but I will show this on camera. So the cool thing about it, and we will we'll link it also to the to a photo uh, uh, in show notes. Yeah. Uh, so the cool thing about it is that it's made out of one piece. Yeah, and, and you can bend it. Yeah, so it's 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 HDF. It's not that bendable, right? Mm-hmm. But it has to be bent into a 3D shape to be a phone holder, right? Like yes. It doesn't make sense if it's flat. So I could make it into multiple parts that you fit together to make a stand, but I use this cool technique called curve cutting, and it's just a series of um, cuts that cuts. are very mm-hmm. close together, and... Uh, and it's kind of magic that you know takes advantage of the fact that this material has a little bit of bend, and if you cut it in just the right way, the material, yeah, you you spread this this bending force not um, through the material, but in this in this zigzagging motion, yeah, which allows it to like bend amazingly, mm-hmm. right? And so it's one piece, and you bend it around, and you you put. The place where you put your phone through a hole, and there you have a phone stand. And it's also um, engraved, vector engraved, uh, using the same technique, just with um, um, less laser force, so that it doesn't go through. It just makes a mark. Yeah. And Nosby Teams photo. Uh, Nosby Teams logo. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 a pretty. Uh, it has some 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 kinks, some bugs, but um, it's a pretty decent phone stand actually. But how did you how did you design it? I mean, did you like uh, did you make make several prototypes uh, or like how how was the design process? If you can tell me. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking for an idea for a gadget that I could make on a laser cutter, just because mm-hmm. I wanted to have an an excuse to play with that and, uh-huh. and like play with making something on a larger scale, not just like one prototype of something, but like a batch. Yeah. Um, and I was looking for ideas and I. Couldn't come up with anything that was interesting. Like I was thinking of a coaster, but that's boring. I already had that, or um, maybe a little thing for your for your keychain. Yeah, but that was boring. Um, but Hubert suggested that he could use a phone stand 
since uh-huh. he he's a designer and designs things for smartphones largely so it's useful to like have a phone standing next to your laptop so you can test prototypes on device yeah right and he's just it would be cool if it was like easy transport transportable since he switches yeah, offices so i was looking for models already out there on the internet just like uh-huh. not have to design something from scratch and there there were two which were fit from multiple pieces mm-hmm. and there was something very similar to this and i just thought this is freaking cool um unfortunately the problem with um models for like 3d printing or cnc cutting on the internet is that they're almost always finished designs for cutting or printing ah. and you can't easily change them ah, okay so the model didn't work for me it was very interesting but it was too big it didn't fit the uh the laser cutter and i couldn't easily shrink it because you you can't just um scale it you have to make sure the hole uh, is still the okay. right thickness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that the, the curve bent cuts are spaced the right way and i tried to modify the model but it just didn't work right so i recreated the model i found on the internet but just made it better and made it um fully um parametric which means that every size every spacing can be easily modified and i okay. will publish that uh, online for others to to use if they want Ah, uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you, you just export it for laser cutting. And uh, yeah, the, the I went through many prototypes, like 10. Okay. I broke many. Yeah. Um, had to figure out how to, how to position each of the three parts. I mean, it's one part, but the, yeah. the bending segments mm-hmm. so that it, it doesn't have one part hanging in the air, making yeah. it very fragile. And it took many, many iterations because it, I, I, I couldn't that easily calculate it since it's all bendable. I had to like test it, yeah. right? Uh, but then when I got it just right, well, mm-hmm. I wanted to make it even better, but I ran out of time because I'm doing everything on the last, time, on the last minute, um, typical. Yeah. So one day, uh, last Wednesday, I went to the hackerspace just for the whole day. I was working remotely from there. And uh. just every 20 minutes, I switched out the, the blank uh, and hit cut, right? Okay. And just kept changing for 20, 30 times wow. until it was done. Cool. No, very cool thing. And uh, yeah, and I like I, I like the texture and I like how it even smells. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's really, it's it's, really it, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool because when you cut it, it has this smell, this burnt smell, yeah. which... I don't know why, but I, I find it very pleasing, even yes. though it's like smell of cut wood and glue. Yeah, that's true. And for some reason, it stays for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is um, about a week old, but I have some boxes that I cut from plywood, which have a couple of weeks, like two or three weeks, and they still smell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, brilliant. And that's actually kind of a theme, I think, for this reunion, for these gadgets. Mm-hmm. Like this whole, um, you know, being more ecological, uh, reusable materials, uh, zero waste, and also, uh, you know, using things that are just, you know, more natural like for our stuff. Mm-hmm. And like engineered wood. Like engineered wood, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, you know, it's still <laughs> wood, yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, so, um, it, with this theme, uh, you also had a different initiative yeah. to, to do. Um, to improve our monitoring of Luft. 
so off air, <laughs> right? Um, and today we had a workshop, actually, and uh, yeah. we constructed our own, how do you call it? Uh, air quality sensor. Air quality sensor, yep. and it's brilliant, and it's here. Uh, so on the video, you will see it as a prop. Yeah, uh, so let me try to describe how it looks. Okay, so uh, the Luftdaten sensor is, um, it kind of looks funny because it's all hidden inside two um, angle segments of pipe. Yes. Like the kind of pipe you'd use in your... PVC uh, pipe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just PVC pipe um, you, you'd use for um, your bathroom renovation or something. Sewage. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sewage. And so, so here's the thing. Um, we have in Poland a real issue with air quality. Yep. Especially in the winters, um, people live in old brick houses uh, with really old furnaces. They burn a lot of coal. The coal is not very good. Often, or they burn other things that are not coal. Often, often uh, on every street, you have this one guy who decides it's a good idea to burn trash mm -hmm. or uh, people burn um, wet wood or other um, stuff that just causes a lot of um, uh, particulate matter pulled in, in the air. So we have a real smog problem pretty much everywhere. Like it's 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 not a it's not a like a big city thing. It's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, big city or not, because it's 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 most smog and pollen is mostly due to uh, just burning of of crap quality. Yeah. Um, people burning crap. Yeah, people burning crap essentially. So um, there's this initiative that comes out of um, Stuttgart. Mm -hmm. um, called Luftdaten. And the idea is to build a network of smog sensors. Yeah. And to um, do it as cheaply as possible while still maintaining like usable quality data. Mm -hmm. Like um, have actually fairly accurate data um, so that it makes any sense. And the story behind it is that um, uh, activists uh, in Stuttgart were like, um, that was many years ago, we're like, hey, uh, the air quality in our city is crap. And the city officials were like, no, it's not. <laughs> and the activists were like, yes, it is. <laughs> and the city officials were like, no, it's not. <laughs> and then the activists uh, with some hackers were like, let's check. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they found a bunch of parts, you know, cheap parts from China, put them together. Um, the, the pipe angle segments are because they fit perfectly. Exactly. And it's really like to the millimeter. It's really yeah. good. And you can buy it in any construction store. So it's like really cheap material. You don't have, you don't need to have any custom yeah. uh, enclosure that would have to be designed and produced by someone, right? Um, so the, the whole set is about um, $50. Yeah. And it's and it's really amazing. I mean, there's like there's a microcomputer there with a Wi-Fi module. Yeah. Uh, there is a, a temperature sensor. Like yeah. it's it's lasers. Like, really yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. And the, the the actual sensor is like it's a box mm -hmm. that sucks air in. There's a laser, and it measures how much air or how how much the laser spreads. Right? Okay. Mm -hmm. The the more uh, crap in the air, the more particulate matter. The more the the light is spread. Yeah. And that is the thing that's actually measured. And it's actually surprisingly accurate. Mm -hmm. um, people from Germany, from Poland, from Bulgaria, you know, hackers work together to like perfect it. Uh -huh. um, they run experiments, putting it next to, you know, professional um, 
gravimetric um, air quality sensors, which are literally a hundred times more expensive to calibrate them. And it works actually surprisingly well. Um, yeah, so um, the cool thing about it is that it's totally a civic initiative. Yeah. It was built, designed by um, by hackers, by activists, by yeah. just people who were interested in doing that. It's all open hardware, it's open source, and the data is put online. Yes. And it's also open, and you can do whatever you want with it. So mm -hmm. there are many... Uh, online maps for that. There are many apps for that. You can um, get the data to aggregate them, make statistics, make make reports. It's very powerful stuff, right? And um, there are other projects um, like it. This one is the biggest, and there are apps that aggregate data from all of them. Mm. And uh, what we want with that is that there are more than just two or three official professional government um, sanctioned <laughs> sanctioned stations measuring air quality because it's often a local problem, right? Yeah. It's often this one guy on the t this one street which causes a lot of damage by, you know, making as much pollution as the rest of the neighborhood combined. Um, and so you want data that's um, constant and not like every hour. Yeah. And you want it spread around throughout the city. You want multiple sensors, you know, 10 sensors or uh, 100 sensors in a, in a big city. And with something uh, this inexpensive, it's possible. So since we're a remote company, I thought, wow, that's actually a great opportunity to build a bunch of those sensors. We've built 18, uh, there are 18 uh, volunteers. Yeah because we live all in different cities. Exactly. And so we'll have the first Lufthansa sensor in Cheshen, the first Lufthansa sensor in Rzywiec, mm -hmm. and um, the first or the second sensor in many cities uh, yeah. in Poland. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And um, from my point of view, what was good about, what was cool about this is like, uh, we had the whole thing, the whole package shipped here. Yeah. And then we really had a workshop. I mean, first you had a presentation about this, about this problem, about this initiative, and with some history and all that stuff. So it really like uh, helped us understand the whole thing. And second part was actually assembling it together. So it was like a fun, cool exercise, like in high uh, in high school or primary school, like to assemble things together, you know. <laughs> and you were like this professor checking if we're assembling it correctly. So it was really it was. Cool, fun, also as a, as a you know as like a team a team building thing. So and of course for us for all of us, uh, you know, then later contributing to the data, it's it's gonna be great. Yeah, uh, I I got the impression that I I think people had quite a lot of fun doing that. Like to to me, like I've never done any workshops like this, um, or like any workshop of of any sort really. And and to me, it was like the 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 most interesting parts are are stuff that other people have already done. Like it's just like free components that you have to wire together and and put in a pipe. Yeah, it, it's easy, right? But but I guess it's it's easy and, and trivial um, uh, to me because I I've done stuff like this for for a long time. Exactly. And a lot of people in the room um, never had any any contact with with. Um, uh, you know, printed circuit boards and and wiring things between you know pins that are um you know described on, on the board and um so we it wasn't like something people did in five minutes it it took a little bit of time some yeah. people were impatient because to them it was also like obvious and trivial uh -huh. um but I guess it's also interesting that the people that would ordinarily never touch something something as nerdy a, a, as this you know wiring ele uh, you know electronic components together um. 
had the opportunity to uh, to do that and yeah, yeah I, I i think it was most fun to them because it was new yeah i mean this is and this is what i like about um that just getting back to our reunion that we have uh that we have this these kind of you know completely different you know workshops or uh, or presentations about stuff that you know that we are passionate about and we can share these passions because really i'm telling you most of people here had really no assembly experience in you know assembling things together i mean you know we are this generation that we are right now already used to just buying everything you know taking everything is taken care of for, for us you know yeah. so really tinkering with stuff you know it's only for the nerds so uh, so mm. now we we could be all be nerds in this moment you know to really uh, tinker with things and even though as you said it was pretty easy to assemble but it was still i think gratifying for people yeah let's talk about rafa's project exactly so um rafa our vp of product um a friend of the show and uh, uh competing podcaster competing podcaster yeah of uh Bochamunye podcast so rafa had a presentation about zero waste and it was really cool uh Something that uh, my wife is completely on, uh, also a friend of the show <laughs> is on board, <laughs> and uh, she uh, you know she made us uh, reuse uh, uh, Amazon boxes uh, for storage purposes, like uh, all that stuff, and also uh, uh, with uh, with with trash and everything. So it was really a nice presentation about something you know this fact that we shouldn't j- just generate waste and generate trash, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, Rafael's uh, fiance. She uh, she built something. You know, some really personalized gadgets for us. Uh, I have here the props. So um, uh, here. Uh, uh, so these are you know bags created from uh, from clothing that you can use for bread. You know, to buy to buy bread to buy groceries. Uh, and all of them <laughs> have uh, a Nosby Teams uh, um, a tag. So uh, and really really. Nice stuff, really, and also all handmade by uh, Rafael's fiance. So it's really, really cool stuff. Um, to have reusable bags, reusable stuff to clean dishes and everything else. So like really, really cool uh, initiative. And everybody got these personalized gadgets. So, um, so really, I, I think <laughs> the uh, the, um, the problem of this reunion is that. Uh, we like we took the gadget level to a whole new level. Like after this, it's gonna be hard to compete. <laughs> um, our our gadget game is strong. This reunion and and you're right, it, it's gonna be hard, if not impossible, to to top that. <laughs> and every reunion after that will be a gadget disappointment. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, we, the- we we might as well give up and 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 start giving away ballpens. Uh, no. But you know the thing is, for for me really, what I really liked about all this was really initiative from from people from the team. You know, mm-hmm. how can we contribute? How can we create gadgets uh, uh, that you know share with others, right? Like, and even this, I mean, this T-shirt. I mean, this T-shirt is brilliant, and it's uh, it's also T-shirt made out of eco- uh, ecological cotton, uh, like much more expensive than the traditional T-shirt would be, like from the crappy fruit of the loam. Uh, so. Burn. <laughs> so and and it's just so nice this T-shirt. Like we got it on uh, on Monday, so I was wearing it like you know two hours on Tuesday, you know one hour on uh, on Wednesday. So I wanted to have it for the whole <laughs> reunion, just to have every day a little bit of this experience without um, you know, without <laughs> sweating it too much. So um, yeah, it's really cool stuff. Ah, and also we have the shopping bags, also from organic cotton, uh, with Nosby Teams logo, of course. Uh, so. Again, something that you know my my wife would definitely appreciate. Something that I would appreciate, actually. So, cool stuff. 
really cool gadgets. Yeah. Uh, uh, ah, uh, and one more thing, the also the cups uh, for tea and something that we have uh, that we do appreciate as remote workers because this keeps our hot uh, our uh, tea on our uh, or our coffee uh, warm or warmer. Yes. Programmers are machines, uh, biological machines that convert coffee into code. Exactly. That's a well-known fact. Uh, let me uh, uh, speak a few more words about the the, the zero waste gadgets from from Rafał and, and Anya. Um, I'm super impressed by that. Yes. Because everybody was. I totally didn't expect that. Uh, like everybody expected me to, I guess, bring something, and the Luvatan sensors were like known ahead of time. And people were excited, but it wasn't a surprise. Um, I guess like I, I did something different because it wasn't like some pretty printed gadget, but like still, I I spent some time prototyping it and went through many iterations, and then spent one day working from somewhere else to do this. But most of the work was made by a machine. Yeah. Right. But sewing by hand. Let me count. One two, three, four, um, uh, like very lightweight um, bags for uh, produce, like mm. produce bags so that um, you can, you, you don't have to buy the... Uh, no, get the one, plastic because... The, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. get the plastic to like get um, produce. One uh, large bag and for this, um, yeah, or, or something. And one um, dish cleaner that's yeah. made out of um, uh, hemp, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, times twenty five or something. Exactly. Yep. That's Lots of work. That's an in, that's that's a lot of work. <laughs> and this, yeah. you know, this was like a difficult decision for me when Rafa approached me with this. I was like, hell yes. Like <laughs> 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 it was, yeah, but you know, uh, hell yes. <laughs> like if how if, how long did you know about this project? Oh, quite a while because you know they had to plan for this. So <laughs> so yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did everything on on the last moment, but yeah, I I, I kept it. A, I mean, it wasn't a huge surprise, but I I kept the the details a, a secret. Yeah. So uh, really, uh, that's so again, in these gadgets, lots of love, uh, which is good. Like additional <laughs> magic ingredient, <laughs> uh, which is cool. So um, yeah, I would think I encourage you know, any company to have that kind of initiative, you know, from 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 people to really care about the gadget so much. So. Let's see what we will do in half a year. Well, uh, I guess we'll talk more about this um, zero waste movement um, sometime not in not too distant future on yeah. on the podcast. Since um, I, I've also made many changes um, in my life in that regard over the last year or so, and have some uh, thoughts and some um, tips, like to yeah, certainly here as well as, as as I mentioned, my wife is is is, is much like she she pushed me also like into this direction yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah uh, and there are lots of things that we change in our household as well so yeah uh, so we'll get back topic. to that yep will be a good topic all right all right so um I have my prop more props here because um for this reunion I, I really optimized stuff uh, so um uh, because of you uh, so your fault uh, we discussed a year ago that uh, uh, you challenged me to be backpack only uh, so to just travel here with a backpack so as i mentioned in the previous show one of the previous shows i have this new backpack the Fjarraven backpack it's really really good because if it's empty it looks very slim 
but it packs 23 liters, so it's really good. So one of the pro tips I wanted to share here and also show on video is the carabiner that I use uh, to close the backpack because I use the carabiner with the with this spinning thing, spinning, you know, like security thing. So this way I close the backpack and close the, the, the only pocket that it has on the outside. So this way uh, the thieves, uh, when I'm walking on the, in, the, in the city, cannot open it so easily. Of course, it can be done, you know, uh, pretty easily, but still, it's a nice uh, way to just deter people from just like randomly opening your backpack. I also recommend having at least one or two carabiners on a backpack. Uh, for travel, they can be very useful uh, mm -hmm. to just hang things from your backpack that don't fit in the backpack. Uh, that's not necessarily the, the most um, uh, pretty elegant option, but sometimes when traveling, it's just it buys you free space. Oh, yes. Uh, sometimes, for example, when I, I have a jacket, uh, yeah, right, and I I don't have space for the jacket and it turns out it's too warm to wear a jacket, I just hang it from my from my backpack and it works, right? Or um, I saw you hang your uh, Bose QC35 oh, yes. from mm -hmm. the carabiner. Exactly. It's, it's so much easier. Yeah, completely. And also, uh, what I always have with me, on me, is... Uh, the tripod slash selfie stick. Uh, when someone saw this on your backpack, <laughs> so cool. they asked if it's a um, it's a uh, bicycle pump. Exactly. It kind of looks like it. It kind of looks like it. But the cool thing about it is that really it's it's a selfie stick, but also a tripod. Why do you need a selfie stick exactly? Because I have a $1,000 phone so they just give it to somebody to take a picture of me or of me with friends it's kind of you know risky so i prefer to take a pictures with selfie stick but also because i can put the tripod and take pictures with the tripod mm -hmm. and really i've had so many opportunities to use this um while traveling that it's really useful to have it always with me another discovery uh was uh you know i like watching Netflix and stuff and, and mm. Prime Video and all that mm. stuff. And of course, it's good that you, I can download stuff uh, uh, to my iPad. Uh, I can view um, episodes uh, offline, especially now the, the last season of The Man in the High Castle. Mm. Um, so great. But uh, in the hotel room, uh, we have big screens. So why watching something here when I can watch something there? So for that, I have this new cable and I really love it because it's USB-C, HDMI. But USB-C, it's not a USB-C HDMI dongle, it's a direct cable. So I just connect it to USB-C on my iPad and to the HDMI uh, hole uh, 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 in, the, uh, in the, hotel, uh, on the hotel room television. And of course, they try to hide it from you, but if you just you know, fill the television on the sides and you're a nerd like me, you will find the, the hole and then you just fit it there and then on remote change the source and you can uh, mirror the screen of your iPad and then of, of course watch uh, uh, you know, a series of your favorite show if you have a moment. The secret hall on the back of the huddle television, they don't want you to know. Exactly. They really are trying hard to hide, hide this, but this is really cool. It's a shame it's not a retractable cable. Yeah, but having said that, uh, this cable uh, comes with this Velcro. Mm -hmm. And this Velcro, uh, you can actually buy this Velcro, like, like a roll of a it. roll of it. Yeah. And uh, this is a pro tip from from our friend of the show, uh, Leon. And 
this Velcro actually on this cable was an inspiration for me how to build my own Velcros. Mm-hmm. So um, what it does is it has this, you know, this hole and you ha- this. You you have to explain it. Yeah, I have to explain it. So what you do is is you have to cut a piece of a Velcro, mm-hmm. and then uh, one part of it uh, like make it narrower, mm-hmm. and then punch a hole in it. So this way you can attach. Uh, the Velcro permanently to the cable, and then use the, the rest of the Velcro to you know to gather the rest of the cable. So it's really cool stuff. So what I did is I I bought the Velcro uh, for all of my cables and just kept doing that. So um, now I have it everywhere. Yeah, when you don't have a retractable option, um, this is a a pretty good alternative. Yeah. Um, I've tried that before. But I tried to just roll one end of the Velcro on one side of the cable as the permanent, permanently attached part, and it just kept coming off yeah. uh, accidentally. The idea to make it narrower and punch a hole so that you can kind of wrap around the very narrow end through the hole and then again uh, is a very good one. It, it's kind of hard to explain in, in, in words, so I think you'll have to put a picture of it uh, in the show notes or on Twitter or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that just that, but I'll also show the how it looks like. So uh, on the video, so this there is a narrow part, there is a hole, and then there is the big part. But yeah. I'll I'll take the picture. Uh, you can buy like a five meter roll of it on AliExpress for like three or four dollars. It's really it, yeah, it's really cheap and it's uh, really good. Uh, I found one from the Ugreen company. So yeah, um, uh, another cool uh, gadget that I have for traveling is this white thing. This is <laughs> this is Apple Watch charger that also is an Apple Watch power bank, which is really cool. I have an Apple Watch, of course, and uh, to charge it, uh, I can even charge it without cables. Uh, it has, uh, you know, it's a power bank, so uh, I just put the uh, Apple Watch on this and uh, it charges. So I have this uh, permanently attached to my backpack. So anytime, you know, I need more juice for my Apple Watch, I can use that. And of course, it has micro uh, USB, so, um, you know, I can use any standard micro USB cable to charge that. If only it was ever possible to make a watch that lasts at least a whole day so that you don't need a watch power bank. Shut up. If only. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the, especially now on the Series 5, the, the battery life is, is, is a little bit worse because it's all, always on, but the always on thing is just amazing. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's that. Another cool gadget I want to talk to you uh, uh, and show you was is this HyperDrive. It's a, it's a, a USB-C uh, dock that docks perfectly to the iPad Pro. And also because it's USB-C and uh, you have a thin laptop, it also docks with, uh, with to, to your laptop. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, which was great because uh, it has the HDMI uh, port. So what I did for the whole reunion, I just left it in our conference room. So anyone with a USB-C port could just <laughs> attach it to the laptop or to the um, iPad and uh, you know stream uh, uh, their screen uh, to the projector. So pretty useful. Yeah, this one is optimized for the iPad Pro. It has this um, kind of protruding metal part so that it, it fits nicely. But it also fits the MacBook Pro uh, pretty well. And I see you can unscrew this part to fit any sort of device. Yes, they, they actually give you a cable that you can screw in. Ah. A cable. 
right? A cable. So, yeah. What do you mean cable? Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so this part, this ah. part, it, you can change it into a cable. You know, ah. so you can screw the whole thing, and so this way it's uh, it's it's very flexible. But I I just don't carry it with me. But yeah, it has uh, HDMI, USB C power um, power through power through, uh, SD and micro SD, USB Type A, and, and jack. a headphone jack, which, um, which iPad Pro doesn't have. Yeah, because who would need that? Exactly. And uh, if only, and this iPhone Pro had USB-C, it would be great. It oh, would be great. But it doesn't. So that's why, and that's that's the annoying part about Dongle Gate and Dongle Town. I just have to carry dongles for the iPhone and for the iPad. If it will, it will if it all were USB-C, it would be so much better. So yeah, just honorable mention of this company, the Hyperdrive. They have just a Kickstarter campaign for a very compact power brick. Because right now, uh, I, I have... Uh, this new power brick from I think it's U, U Green, uh, it, it's it's both USB A and and USB C, and uh, it's pretty powerful. Uh, I don't know how many watts it has, but it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, this way I can charge uh, uh, you know uh, uh, both uh, my iPhone and the iPad uh, with the USB C to Lightning or USB C cable. Um, uh, so I have it's a it's a 30 watt charger by the way 30 watt charger which yeah. is perfect for um the iPad and even for light work uh, on a MacBook Pro for traveling I think it should be okay ish yeah so that's why I think it's great but the hyperdrive guys they have right now the Kickstarter campaign for a charger which is just a little bit bigger mm -hmm. but has two USB uh, A two USB C ports and 100 mm -hmm. watts yeah. So so uh, and I I I I um, I have you know I have no affiliation with this company, but I I am a supporter of this campaign, and actually I'm waiting for this charger to ship in two months. So I think I think that pre that's pretty much it. So for me for me the change is that I'm trying to, despite Apple doing this with the iPhone, I'm trying to live this USB-C lifestyle as much as I can. Mm -hmm. So to have as as um, as, as compact uh, of a setup as I can and use the USB-C ports. That's why this power brick has USB-C. And also the, the big one, which I also carry around, um, has also like four USB-A oh, really and, and one USB-C port. Um, so yeah, uh, the USB-C lifestyle would be even better with the iPhone having USB-C. Yeah, it would be easier if uh, we uh, supported competition and not companies from California which uh, don't want us to have nice things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I was actually pretty disappointed with that um, with the new devices Apple shipped this year, they didn't up their um, charging brick game. Only on the, the proest of pro iPhones, they yeah. were gracious enough to give us more than five watts. But uh, a couple of companies, uh, for example, Anchor, and I guess um, the campaign you're talking about, I think it, it uses the same technology. Uh, there are now these um, GAN, um, gallium nitride. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah. uh, power transistors mm -hmm. that allow you to make charging bricks that are much smaller. Yes, exactly. Because they can switch a voltage really, really fast, so you don't need a huge capacitor and inductor to hold the... Um, uh, well, boring nerd stuff. Point is, smaller chargers, and Apple is not part of that game yet. Yeah, just look at that. I mean, I have two power bricks here, like, and 
and they're pretty b- big together, right? And I can exchange all that with one power brick, yeah. which is going to be just a little bit bigger than the, this one. And also, um, uh, because of the, uh, the iPhone having lightning, I have to carry both cables, the USB-C lightning and the USB-C USB-C cable, both, as you can see, with my Velcro help, uh, handmade. Yep. So... Uh, that's the stuff that hopefully hopefully Apple will change uh, uh, next year. All right. Uh, that's been a lot. A lot of Dongle Town, a lot of gadgets. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll put the links to all of them yep. in the show notes uh, so you can get them. Go shopping for Christmas gifts. I mean, this is like we've had a Christmas episode kind of, you know, people can shop for gadgets, right? Everybody likes dongles. Yeah, <laughs> and if you want uh, the single part uh, phone stand. Uh, uh, you will do. Yeah, I'll I'll post a, a link to um, the DXF files on Thingiverse. So if you have a laser cutter, you can make it yourself. If you don't, you can buy a laser cutter for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure your family will appreciate that. <laughs> oh, the yeah. smells of burnt wood. All right. So um, with this Christmas spirit, ah, one more thing. Mm. What I really liked about this reunion is that we have a very nice Christmas market very close. Uh, and speaking of that, if we wrap it up now, we could go for Glühwein and uh, enjoy the Christmas spirit before the dinner. The what? Glühwein, so the, the the warm wine. Um, it's the German word that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's for for me like for me Christmas market is is I've always you know like like the Christmas markets in Germany and that's why you know Glühwein. Sorry. It's, it's uh, mulled wine, by the way. Mulled wine. Yeah. So um yeah, so let's wrap it up and just go get that. Yep. <laughs>